from the rule of our Holy Father St. Benedict, chapter the 32nd, of the iron tools and property of the monastery. Let the abbot approach brethren on whose manner of life and character he can rely to the charge of the iron tools, clothes, and other property of the monastery, and let him consign to their care, as he shall think fit, the things to be kept and collected after use. Of these let the abbot keep a list, so that as the brethren in turn succeed to different employments, he may know what he giveth and receiveth back. If anyone treat the property of the monastery in a slovenly or negligent manner, let him be corrected, and if he do not amend, let him be subjected to the discipline of the rule. But thou, Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. After treating of the cellar of the monastery, who, St. Benedict says, above all things must have humility. Humility is the defining characteristic of the cellar. And this, uh, in his uh, relation uh, with the abbot and in his relation with brethren. He, above all things, must have humility. But after closing the chapter on the cellar, St. Benedict enjoins the abbot to charge other brethren, on whose manner of life and character he can rely, to look after the iron tools, clothes, and other property of the monastery. This is characteristic of St. Benedict's approach to government that while the abbot alone appoints monks to the various areas of responsibility in the monastery, he also sees to it that these responsibilities are shared among many, lest any one brother be excessively burdened. The abbot must identify those men in the community who are best suited to look after the monastery's property. This is not everyone's gift. Some monks are well suited to the care of books in the library. Others are suited to the care of machines and heavy equipment. Others are suited to the care of all of the things needed in the kitchen. Still others are suited to the stewardship of the land, others to take care of the community's furnishings, clothing, and household items. Things, things are important in Benedictine life. The spirit of reverence for matter that pervades the sacred liturgy overflows into all of life. Among the sons of St. Benedict, there can be no disdain for material things, no indifference to harmony, order, 
marked by a chaste austerity. One's habit must be kept clean and well-pressed. One's shoes are to be polished. Even amongst personal hygiene redounds to the glory of God. A Benedictine monastery is, to use an expression for Benedict XVI, a place where beauty is at home. All things have a doxological and Eucharistic finality, as expressed in the Benedicite, bless the Lord, all ye works of the Lord, praise and exalt him above all forever. And similarly, after the main meal, we sing, Confideatur tibi Domine, omnia opera tua, let all thy works, O Lord, praise thee. In his commentary on this chapter, which Brother Hildebrand is, is translating, I don't know if you've come to this chapter yet. I'm not here now. Translation. Blessed Schuster makes a point of saying that Benedictines have always cultivated a kind of elegance of manner, a certain refinement, an appreciation for good workmanship, for the beauty of forms, and for the gentlemanly comportment that he calls signorilità. This Benedictine refinement, signorilità, has nothing to do with fussiness or snobbishness. It eschews haughtiness, artificiality, and putting on airs. It does, however, have everything to do with a profound reverence for the image of God in man and for all created things that bear in some way the imprint of their creator. This signorita or refinement of manner is expressed in the details of daily life. For example, we never serve a guest coffee in a paper cup. There is the proper cup and saucer. We never serve a guest milk in a plastic jug. There is the proper pitcher. The flowers in a guest's room or at one's place in the refectory are to be kept fresh. It's a very disheartening thing to see a wilted bouquet at someone's place. Uh, so we have to be attentive to, uh, to these little things. I, I'm always looking after the altar flowers and the flowers at the image of the Mother of God to try and renew them, keep them, keep them fresh. I could give many other examples of this. But a certain refinement of manner uh, has become completely alien to contemporary materialistic Western culture, the culture of the disposable, use it and bin it kind of thing. Blessed Schuster notes that Benedictine abbeys have all through history been as capable of worthily receiving the visits of popes and emperors and kings as they have been welcoming with dignity and decorum 
the poor, the sick, and the penniless pilgrim. The Benedictine refinement of manner begins in taking care of things, ordinary material things, and in respecting good workmanship and the tools that the workman uses in plying his craft. In the 1950s and early 60s, a group of Benedictine oblates associated with among other movements in the church in America, associated with the Catholic Rural Life Conference, published a journal entitled Good Work. Good Work. And it was all about the quality of workmanship, um, craftsmanship, um, as something distinctively Catholic. We tend to associate this with the Shakers and with uh, other groups that have developed uh, skills in woodworking or in craftsmanship. But uh, there was this movement, um, and it was it was spearheaded by Benedictine oblates um, called Good Work. This, they had their own review. Uh, that that is a very Benedictine thing. Appreciation for something well made. If you look at the candlesticks and the crucifixes that uh, uh, Thomas King made, you can look at that and say, this is a good piece of work. It's a good piece of work. The material itself is noble. Wood is a noble thing, a beautiful thing, a beautiful thing. You love to touch wood, you love to look at it. So, uh, Things um, made with, um, I'm, I'm very impressed by uh, Thomas King's um, enthusiasm for his work. He really takes pride in it, doesn't he? Again, he takes great pride in what he does, and everything has to be done uh, to perfection, not just knocked together and so as to do the job, but it has to be well done. St. Benedict wants the abbot to know not only who is in his household, but also what is in his household at any given time. Hence the importance of an inventory of tools, supplies, and resources. Wherever <clears throat> there is community life, there's the accumulation of things. And we are obliged always to sort through things, to eliminate things, to keep others, to fix others. Um, I'm, I'm very concerned, for example, with the accumulation of things downstairs in the room behind the refectory. It's, it's, it's like a, a, a den of horrors. So I have to, we have to go through all of that and begin to sort through things. Also, we have to be careful uh, because people tend to want to like with this, give their things to us. Um, they think of a monastery as a uh, perpetual jumble sale, and so they can they can unload their stuff at the monastery. We have to be very careful uh, not to say yes to things being unloaded. Um, there's there's the perennial problem of books being given, 
and her brother Hildebrand can uh, confirm this, that in, in, in three boxes of books, there may be how many worth saving? Sometimes a dozen, perhaps, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a lot, a lot of things that have to be skipped, as we say here. Um, the Benedictine monk is a worker in the service of the Lord Christ, our true King. In the worker's bearing and appearance, as well as in the place where he works, and in the things needed for his work, there can be nothing slovenly or neglected. It is the abbot's duty to correct those brothers whom he sees falling into untidy habits or slovenly ways or carelessness. The monastery is first of all the house of God. Then it is our home, the place wherein it is good and pleasant for us to dwell together in unity. Nothing is more alien to the Benedictine view of things than the modern consumerist trend towards disposable items. We have, as Benedictine monks, to resist the encroachments of materialism and consumerism. There is a kind of Western materialism that thrives on the throwaway economy. Benedictines will always prefer the permanent thing, the well-crafted thing, the thing that is beautiful as well as functional. They will prefer this to the thing that is disposable and mass-produced, to the thing that does the job but offends by its brutal ugliness. Modern families, you will notice, have few or no Heirlooms, treasured things, preserved and lovingly handed down from generation to generation. Increasingly, you go into uh, the homes of, of 30-somethings or 40-somethings and see that uh, uh, one, one of two uh, situations, either uh, an accumulation of um, useless throwaway things creating uh, a kind of chaos or on the other hand this barren sterile absence of history a house without history we see this more and more Houses without history, homes without history. Terrible thing. The traditional Benedictine family cherishes things and so enjoys a culture of precious heirlooms, things handed down, preserved with care, and handled 